Good evening, Saints fans and NFLers around the world. Welcome to the Who Dat Dish podcast, a podcast dedicated to all things New Orleans Saints as part of Fansided. As always, I'm your host, Dayton Brown. What's up, guys? I'm your other host, Tyler Raymond. As we promised last week, we have a very special episode tonight. We have with us the Who Dat Dish podcast special giveaway winner. So, uh, with no further ado, Charlie is a huge New Orleans Saints fan. He's married and is a father of a beautiful two-year-old girl. He started following the Saints in 99 uh, when Ricky Williams was drafted, and his favorite players as of right now are Drew Brees and Pierre Thomas. Everyone, please give a warm welcome to Charlie. Welcome to the show, Charlie. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Yeah, no problem. How are you doing, man? Good. How are you guys doing tonight? We're doing fantastic. Very good. Yeah, excited to uh, talk on the show. So, crazy thing is, Saints were on a bye week, so we didn't have to experience them win or lose. So, our, my emotions are pretty <laughs> stable as of right now. You know, I didn't have anything too crazy on the Sunday before. Uh, but a lot of exciting football. Uh, before we jump into uh, getting to know Charlie a little bit better and his Saints fandom, we're just really quickly going to go into Articles of the Week, uh, just a weekly segment where we highlight all of the or a few articles on whodatdish.com. Of course, that's who we are affiliated with. Um, whodatdish.com, if you're not living there, you should be, especially if you're a Saints fan. Fantastic stuff. Um, Tyler, go ahead and take the mic real quick first. Okay. I didn't have any specific articles for our fellow contributors, but I just wanted to mention, as always, just keep on looking out at whodatdish.com for everything amazing there. As far as my articles go, I'm still working on a really big article regarding the Saints and their stats and information. So look out for that in the next couple weeks. But how about you, Dayton? Fantastic. Uh, yeah, so I just came out with an article this morning. The Lions will be hungry after disappointing loss. We'll get into that later in the podcast. Um, it just talks about how much more motivated the Lions will be, I believe, uh, since, uh, after that loss on Sunday against the Panthers at home. Um, so yeah, be sure to check that out. And again, uh, no really specific ones to highlight. It's been a pretty slow bye week. Uh, but yeah, be sure to go to whodatdish.com. We have some previews for the Lions game as well as just overall feelings on the season, including five takeaways from the season so far by Dean Mullen. So yeah, guys, be sure to check that out at whodatdish.com. All right. So now as we break away from articles of the week, we're finally getting to know Charlie. So, uh, for those of you who don't know, Charlie is one of the uh, people who participated on our online Twitter giveaway extravaganza. And so let's get to know you, Charlie. So what's it like for you being a Saints fan? Uh, it's I guess it's like being a fan of any other sports team except for maybe the Patriots where it's like uh. you have your highs, your lows, your bouts of depression, your bouts of euphoria. Uh, recently, <laughs> I'd say last two weeks, last couple weeks have been pretty good. Uh, obviously, can't complain. Two pretty strong wins, but like most Saints fans, we can't. I don't know. For me, at least, I can't get too, 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 too excited because I've almost feel like I've seen this movie before. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, not another uh, seven to nine ending. Uh, so. You are just like Tyler and I. You are a Saints fan who actually doesn't reside in New Orleans or anywhere in the South. Uh, Tyler's from New York. I'm from the Pacific Northwest over by Portland. Uh, You are actually from uh, the great state of Maryland, uh, obviously uh, up over by Washington, D.C. What's it like being a Saints fan near, I guess it would be Baltimore Raven and and Redskin territory up there? Uh, What's it like being there? Because we kind of experience, you know, a little bit differential in – fan yeah. i guess uh experience as opposed to being down south so what's it like for you up in maryland well <clears throat> i the part of maryland i live in is like it's like equidistance from dc and baltimore so where okay. i live it's it's a it's a good split and actually there's quite a bit of Steeler fans where i live so oh, okay when when people 
people when people say, "Oh, you're a Saints fan," yeah, and then they come, they immediately brush you off. They don't because the NFC East, uh, like our rivalry that we have with the Falcons, is nasty. Right. But the NFC East, it's like that with every team. Like yeah. the, all four teams hate each other as much, if not more, than Falcon fans and Saints fans hate each other. So when they meet me, a Saints fan, it's like, oh, yeah, friendly fire. You're like Switzerland. Right. Leave us alone. There you go. Yeah. And then, and then on the other side, the Ravens and the Steelers are. I mean, they're that's a great rivalry in the yeah. NFL. Yeah. So for me in Maryland, it's it's not a big deal. I mean, there's it's basically me. Uh, a few in my family I've converted. My wife, you know, she's <laughs> she's uh, by by default she's a Saints fan. Hey, then, there you go. <laughs> other than that, not there's not a lot of us out here, so it's like no man's land. Yeah, I feel that. You 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 summed it up best by saying it's like being Switzerland, just totally neutral. That's how I feel too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah no, no one cares. Yeah, <laughs> we're curious to know what you think. You know, being from a fan's perspective. Obviously, uh, a lot of different fans uh, think a lot of different stuff, you know, and we're curious to know what you think, Charlie. The Saints are 2-2. Two two. Obviously, we've seen the good, we've seen the bad. Do you think they're legit, or do you think at this point they're still trying to find their ground as far as this football team goes? Honestly, I'm going to give you a really annoying answer. My answer is just going to be yes. I think this <laughs> team is, is contending, um, but there's also parts of this team where I think we're pretending, and I can get into a little bit of that when we start talk, talking about the London game that I, I got to go to. But I've seen some things, especially on the offensive side, um, believe it or not, that 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 cause a little bit more alarm. Even though it looks like things are okay, I there's some things that I, I don't think are okay that we're not used to seeing, that we are missing some things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do see improvement on the defensive side. So it's almost like, I see us in these games contending, especially the last two weeks. Um, but then I do see some things that also are cause for concern. And at two and two, uh, you know, obviously we can't get too ahead of ourselves. But Good answer, you yeah. know, I, I'm optimistic, like most fans. But I'm also trying to be a realist. Right, right. Yeah, you can't be too biased too when when you kind of talk about in the grand scheme of things in the NFL. You know, the Saints aren't the only team. They're not the only good team who's two and two you know we we kind of have to pull back some and that goes for any uh fan base in any sport for any team you know you 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 want to think that your your team is you know fantastic because that's the team that you watch the most you know the most about that team but the grand schemes there are really good teams as well in the nfl so sometimes we have to look outside I'm, i'm glad you mentioned that part too um and then charlie so do you have besides you know if if your favorite game or saints related experience slash memory is uh is the dolphins game save that because we'll talk about that in a little bit but do you have any other favorite game or saints related experience or memory i know you told us you try to go to at least one saints game per year right yeah that's really impressive yeah we try i mean ever since having the little the little one it's it's been tough actually this is the first game we've been to in a few years um i think the last one we went to was the vikings at home a couple years back um but as far as favorite games i mean by far it's the super bowl when we won the super bowl um and then previous before that was the championship game (laughs) to get us to the super bowl um and then previous before that was uh you know the block heard around the world steve gleason's block that basically lit this franchise uh and brought us out of the depths of Katrina hell. Cause in addition to being a saints fan, I've also had, I've kind of tied 
to the hip to the city because my job fresh out of college i was working on a lot of disaster relief in my company really? wow. we did we did some work in in new orleans for the uh for hurricane katrina it was it, well basically all over the gulf and louisiana and mississippi and then after that I went to another company and worked on the bp oil spill down in in louisiana so wow. it's kind of funny how i became a saints fan when i was just a kid and then my work as i grew up kind of pulled me back down there so you know, I, I don't live there. I didn't experience the disasters or anything like that. But I've, you know, I, I've gotten to see it firsthand. And and so for me, obviously, the Super Bowl, the championship game to get to the Super Bowl, and then that block by Steve Gleason, that 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 will forever be the moment in time that changed this franchise forever. That's Absolutely. awesome. Yeah, that's fantastic. That right out of college, you were helping out with the disaster relief. That that's that's super yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it was based, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, here, you go first. I just wanted to add something on to it after you, but here you go. No, no, I was just going to say it just kind of helped helped uh, strengthen the marriage, I guess. And I was going to say that um, it's funny that you mentioned that you were down there helping with the relief. I actually just wrote an article about Hurricane Katrina myself for one of my college classes, and I actually went down with my church once a few years ago after Hurricane Katrina happened, so I'm right in the same boat with you. I've seen what how unfortunate it was, and... It wasn't yeah. pretty, you know. But. It's one thing, you know, I recommend all all Saints fans that aren't in New Orleans or in, like, the immediate area to get to the city and watch a game at least one time in your life. There's nothing in this country like the city of New Orleans. The people, yeah. the atmosphere, the food. I mean, everything about it's great. And as soon as you're there, it's like you're part of this big, awesome family, win, lose, or draw. And it's just a great experience. And, and it was tough because this year, obviously, you guys know I live in Maryland. So my family is kind of like the ones who aren't full-blown Saints fans. They're half Saints, half Redskin fans. And our pads don't usually cross. But like this season, I think on November 19th, we play the Skins in New Orleans. Yep. And I was trying to get my, my brothers and my dad to go down there. And then when the schedule came out and I saw we were playing in London, I was like, sorry, guys, I got to go. I got to right. go do that. That's Which is insane. a good segue if you guys want to talk about the London game. Hey, uh, you beat me to it. But as we segue into our next topic, uh, we uh, we get to know. Uh, so, Charlie, tell us, how phenomenal was that game? Obviously, for those who have been living under a rock, the Saints shut out the Dolphins last uh, last week, 20 to nothing. But what, what was it like for you, Charlie? You know, let, give, us, give us that fan's perspective we've all been craving. Yeah, so if you don't mind, I'd like to break. I'd like to break this London thing down Go in, three, yes. in, in three different groups, right? So I'll okay. break down London as the like the trip, you know, no yeah. football at all, just the city of London. Yeah. And then the second part be just the interest in football in general. And then third part, I'll I'll get into the game. Love it. Okay. Yes. Go for it. it. Awesome. So the flight over from DC is not bad. It's like five and a half hours because you catch the dre- the jet stream and it just pulls you right over to the city. So the flight was super cool. Um, but then once you get to London, it's like I had never been to Europe before. My wife and I, we go to Brazil a lot. That's where she's from. So we've been to South America. We've been all over the Caribbean, but we've never been to Europe. So I had no idea what to expect. Um, I had, you know, a lot of some family members and friends have been over there. So they kind of gave me some some tips or whatever. But first thing I got to say is the people over there are extremely nice. Like I. I couldn't get get over how nice those people were. So that was really awesome, how nice everybody was. The food was great. 
Um, and then obviously all the historical sites, you know, because we were there for a few days. So we got to see Westminster Abbey and Buckingham Palace and all that cool stuff. And like you learn the history of of the country, but then you also learn like we did uh, the Winston Churchill uh, war rooms, which is super cool if anybody goes there. Um, you learn the bond between the UK and the US and like, you know, how we're like, you know, really, really, really close. Right. So that part, uh, as far as the city is concerned, it was awesome. Great. Um, and then as far as just football in general, um, like I thought for the most part, I would assume that when we would see these London games on TV, the majority of the fans there would be like expats or maybe some GIs or, or just, um, you know, Americans who happen to be in the UK are like, oh, awesome. You know, my sports being played here. I'm going to go watch. Mm -hmm. That's like not even not even close. When I went to the game. The overwhelming majority of the people that were there were actual people from from Europe, not just the UK. Oh. I mean, like there were there were dudes behind me wearing Saints jerseys, and they were from Germany. And then behind wow. them were some were some Saints fans from France, That's which insane. I thought made yeah. So like, and when I booked all this, I I joined this uh, Facebook group. It, it was like NFL UK or or something like that. And then within that, the Saints created their own little group, like the saints dolphins uk game or whatever and um and then within that little group on facebook i mean i met hundreds and hundreds of saints fans from all over the world like the craziest i saw was this family flew from london from australia because they wanted to see the saints play i'm like you're literally going across the earth like right couldn't be any further just to see this game in london yeah, yeah. So the interest in the NFL in London is sky high. I did not, I did not think that was the case, and 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 it was evident on. Um, so in downtown London, there's a street called Regent Street. It's kind of reminds me of um, like Fifth Avenue in New York. It's like heavy shopping. Well, anyways, they shut that down. That becomes this giant NFL event. Like every 50 feet, there's like a, a stage of like current players or former players. Like Lance Moore was on stage. Oh wow. Uh, Bree. Breeze and Peyton were up there. The cheerleaders were there. Uh, and then they have, like, little games for kids, like throwing a football and running around. Um, there was another little store there where actually Marshawn Lattimore and um, Ajayi were in there. I, I, I just missed them. Um, so Dang. the interest in football through there uh, in the U.K. is crazy. Like, that stadium held 84, 85,000 people, and it was sold out, That's which awesome. was pretty cool. That's that's good yeah. to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. You do, you it's healthy there. You don't often hear about that, too, uh, because, you know, when like some people will say, oh, the NFL might bring a franchise to London. People are like they're not that big of football fan. But but from it's that huge. perspective right there. Yeah, it's it's huge. Like you, it's huge. It's, it's huge. You wouldn't you wouldn't yeah. you will. No one will know unless they actually see it. And that, that's because awesome. I went over there basically the same assumption. Like, yeah, you know, they're probably like, let's go look at these Americans run into each other kind of thing. Right. But I don't think I think I don't think maybe a permanent franchise is the way to go because the fandom there is so scattered. Like this was a Saints Dolphins game. And I saw jerseys from the Bears, the uh, Patriots, Seahawks, uh, the Giants. And the 49ers, like those are wow. just the teams that pop off that. But there are a lot of different jerseys in the stadium. So if you try to bring one team there, it's almost like you're trying to tap into a market where the devotion to a team is already scattered. Right. So if they want to keep right. going into London, my, I mean, what I would recommend is just more games. And there I know a lot of fans don't want to hear it. I know a lot of coaches and teams don't want to hear it. But the interest, I'm watching these games in L.A., and the Chargers can't even sell out a twenty-seven thousand uh, <laughs> MLS yeah. stadium, but Wembley's got eighty-five thousand people in it. That's where the focus needs to be. The 
at least, you know, from my eye, I'm not in the NFL. I don't know. I'm just saying I've seen the interest there. I see how crazy these people got for for the game, um, which 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 brings me to the actual game. So what I saw in person, you, you could see it a little bit more in person, I think, than watching on TV. The, Di- the the Dolphins were they were gassed. Like that team looked like they had no soul left. Because if I'm not mistaken, they flew out Thursday. The yeah, Saints, they did a lot later. We, yeah, we went to Carolina. We whooped up on the Panthers. Then we hopped on the plane and we went to London. And I thought that was genius because me as a tourist, it took me like two days to get used to the time change. Right. And I'm thinking, okay, the Dolphins got here Thursday. They're probably just figuring out, you know, what the deal is by Saturday. And then, boom, Sunday they got they have a game. And to me, that showed on the field because they came out. You know, that first drive they drove right down the field. And I'm like, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. That last week was just an aberration. Here's the Saints defense. <laughs> and then and then that crawly interception and I almost lost my voice like on that play. But oh, yeah. but but yeah, I mean, basically what I saw was the Saints were more prepared physically. Um yep. not so much mentally because we made a lot of mental errors. I mean, Michael yeah. Thomas had a couple dro- he played great. Michael Thomas played phenomenal, but he had a couple drops on some balls where it's like he makes those catches in his sleep, like on his right. his signature slant route. You know, Breeze hits him, drops it. A couple snaps, you know, were flying over Breeze's head, and I think that had more to do with Unger dealing with uh, Dominic and Sue. I think Sue mm, Sue had a yeah. good game, and um, but I mean, look, we we took advantage of a gas team, a team that looked very nonchalant. I mean, you could tell by Jay Cutler's uh, his. <laughs> um, his body language. He he looked like he could care less. Like, well, yeah, I'm playing football, but I could I could be hanging out at home too. But the fans, <laughs> Saints fans, were so loud. I mean, we were. We, I could, I don't know if you guys were listening on the TV, but the Hoodat chant was so loud in there. It was it was great. Um, almost like another home game, you know. It felt that way, and you know, I almost felt bad for the Dolphins because it was supposed to be a home game for them. <laughs> no. And, and you could see the effort that the NFL made. Like, they had all the Dolphins stuff. They had the Dolphins announcer there. They had, like, the Dolphins song going. And it, it was just putrid. Like, the Saints fans, I mean, we travel well in general, like, in the U.S., but we're also some of the most craziest, passionate fans. And when we're there, you can hear us. Even if Absolutely. even if we only account for, like, 25% of the stands, you'll know we're there. So, yeah. but I mean, Crawley, Crawley really kind of turned that game around. Obviously he, um, he had an opportunity on another interception that he couldn't get, uh, get his hands on. But I really wonder if, if his play can continue. Um, I, I don't know if you guys saw uh, PFF has Crawley ranked as their number one corner through the first four weeks of the season. Uh, that, that might change because we had a bye week, but, um, yeah, I mean, I guess his, he, he's just kind of – things are just kind of clicking for him. He's got the talent. He's got the size and speed and all that. His is more of a mental uh, a mental improvement, and which really makes me wonder how was Devontae Harris – I mean, no knock on Harris, but how is he starting yeah. over Crawley in those, exactly. those first two weeks? I mean, that, I, I didn't get that. But that's my thoughts on the game. I thought, um, you know, our running game looked weak again, which kind of kills me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we did okay. I think we had like 140 something on the ground against the uh, against the Panthers. But it, yeah, I, for this team to go far, uh, not just in you know the playoffs, but you know in the regular season, we've got to figure out a way to run the ball. And yeah, right now, AP's just. I don't. You know, this is going to sound really weird, but I don't think our offensive line is designed for AP. Like, That's what other we, people have been saying. Uh, that they're Ingram and sorry, I cut you off, but Ingram no, and Peterson. No. 
are two different types of uh, running backs. Even though their play is similar, you know, how they run the ball, they're dominant hitters. Uh, the offensive line, I've been reading this across articles, they're used they're used to Ingram, you know, because he different heights, different weights, they're used to opening a certain gap for him. So I completely agree with you there. And Kamara, Kamara gets it. Kamara, he, yeah. he yeah. fits this He's offense. Insane. He kind of rem- – he doesn't remind me of the same – the exact same as Pierre Thomas, but, like, it's like he's so natural in the offense. It reminds me of how Pierre was. Like, if he needed to run hard and run somebody over to get a first down, he did it. If he needed to wait for a screen to develop, he could do it. If he was running outside and was waiting for a hole to, you know, open up on, on you know, off tackle or just off guard, he can do it. But AP, it's like – AP gets the handoff, and he wants that hole there, and he wants to run through your soul. And our line is not – we're not designed for that because think about it, guys. We have a six-foot quarterback. We don't have a six-five dude who can stand <laughs> yeah. back there and look over everybody. What Breeze has always needed is throwing lanes. And that's – like our line is built from the inside out. We have to open up throwing lanes for Breeze. We have to open up zone type of running plays for our running backs. And AP is not that kind of guy. He's a downhill runner. He's going to hit – if he's supposed to go to the A-gap, he's going to hit the A-gap 100 miles an hour as soon as he gets the <laughs> ball. Whereas the other two guys, Ingram and Kamara, if they need to stutter a little bit, kind of like Le'Veon Bell will do to wait for the hole to open up, yep. they'll yeah. do it. So I don't know. I mean, look, I love AP. I think if he can get the hang of it, he – that kind of skill set can really be valuable in a stretch run when defense, when teams are tired, teams are kind of beat up at towards the end of the season. And here comes AP getting ready to run over you. You know, yeah. like if we can fit, I see a lot of, you know, trade rumors out there on Twitter or whatever. If we can somehow make this work, he's going to be an asset down the line. If we can continue to win. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah. He definitely lacks the patience, uh, I, I, which is surprising because this is one of the best backs of all time. And in and, and today's NFL, you kind of have yep. to be more patient for your career to last longer because you can't just go in head first, diving in, trying to get as much contact as you can to bounce off, use that to your advantage. Kind of have to yep. be more patient. So, yeah, AP definitely needs to make that adjustment. Uh, but winning does yeah. kind of help, even though AP isn't doing that good. It's just kind of being brushed or swept under the rug as of right now because we're doing so well. So I, I'm interested to see if, if we end up if we beat Detroit uh, and AP struggles again. Uh, what the outcry will be, if there will be any, or if people will just say, hey, it doesn't matter if he's not doing that well, we're still winning games. I, I think that's something to keep an eye on. So Good point. But, Good um, point. Yeah. yeah so I, go ahead, Tyler. So I think this is a perfect time, guys, to take our quick break. When we get back, we will preview what's going to go down when the Lions play the Saints in Week 6. Will the Saints be able to exploit the Lions' uh, defensive woes? Uh, what's going to happen for all of Matthew Stafford's weapons, so they're going to get involved, but stay tuned for that, and we will get Charlie to pain too, what he thinks about that, and will the Saints end up going 3-2, and two or 2-3? Two and three? Find out soon. Alright guys, welcome back. I hope you guys missed us, because I definitely missed us. Uh, let's review a little bit of what happened yesterday. Obviously the Saints didn't play, but the uh, Lions did. They had a home game against the Panthers, uh, who the Saints, as as Charlie thankfully brought up a little bit earlier, spanked the Panthers in Carolina uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, that final score was 34-13. to However, the Panthers uh, improved to 4-1. They beat the Lions 27-24. to uh, it, was, it was actually not that close of a game throughout the first three quarters, but uh, Matthew Stafford attempted another fourth-quarter comeback. He had two touchdowns to Darren Fells uh, in the fourth quarter, but 
Uh, it wasn't enough to beat the Panthers, who again go to four and one. So uh, the Lions take on the Saints in New Orleans next week. It's going to be a very big game against two really good teams. One's two and two. One's three and two. Uh, both will be most likely fighting for a playoff spot, at least a wild card spot yep. uh, later on down the line. So, th- so this game is huge for for tiebreaker scenarios and, and just overall team record and momentum. Um, so Charlie. What, do you have any overall thoughts on the game uh, regarding, you know, matchups to watch for? Um, you know, who has the advantage uh, between, let's say, Breeze versus Stafford going up against each defense? What are your overall thoughts uh, coming into this game? I think it's going to be a classic <clears throat> Breeze versus Stafford kind of game. That's um, what I'm thinking. Whoever makes the most mistakes is going to lose this game. And I guess the matchup I would focus on is – if you pay attention to the last few times we've played, excluding the 2011 uh, playoffs when we destroyed them, Darius Slay has Breeze's number. I don't know what it is, but every time we play the Lions, he just figures out a way to bait Breeze. And it's like, how is this possible? Breeze baits you. <laughs> right. <laughs> he, he baits Breeze and uh, has picked him off. He's gotten his number. So I, that's one I'm looking I'm looking forward to, to see if Breeze can uh, – you know, throw him off a little bit, but uh, in order to beat the Lions, you got to keep the their offense off the field. Because let's face it, the the Lions are going to score points. I love our defense. I think our defense is getting better, uh, but we're not we're not great. We're not a great defense, and the def- the the Lions will score points against us. That's just there's just no doubt. I mean, unless <laughs> unless something crazy happens, um, our de- our defense needs to be off the field. So one of the things, like I mentioned earlier, uh, for the offense that kind of um, that kind of is cause for concern is the offense is ranked 14th in the league uh, in total first downs at 82. And to me, that number seems kind of low. Even 14 is still not bad, but you, you'd assume a breeze yep. Peyton led offense would be, would be a little higher. So in, in this game, I'm hoping with Snead coming back because Snead was like a first down machine, yeah. especially on, on third, on a, a third down. So I think we need to see some improvement there as far as, um, improve on the red zone i'm not crazy about our red zone offense we kick way too many field goals that last year that was that was our uh, our strength of the entire team was was our red zone offense i think we're number one in the league in that and right now we're kicking way too many field goals so um the offense has to be more efficient on third down uh red zone and we got to run the ball we got to figure out a way to run the ball uh, to keep matthew stafford off off the field Stafford reminds me of like a kind of reminds me of like a young Brett Favre he's a gunslinger he's tough as nails and he can you can get him to make mistakes like Favre would do but uh keep him off the field I'd rather I'd rather not and that that really speaks to um the dome all the hoodats are going to be there I mean obviously the dome has to be rocking it's got to be loud it's it's got to give you a headache so as far as our our offense concerned that's it defense we got to try to get pressure with uh, with the front four. I think if we start sending a lot of blitzes, um, Stafford's the kind of quarterback who has such a quick release he can he can eat that up a lot like yeah a lot like Brady did. I mean we tried to blitz Brady a couple weeks ago and he he made us look like a you know a JV team and I, I don't want to see that happen again at home. Yeah. We got to we got to win at home. I mean we've we're t- we're two and or uh, what two and one on the road and we can't figure out a way yeah. to to win at, at home and that's got to change. Yeah, and a good point there. So as you mentioned earlier about some stats, I figured I'd pull up the most uh, the most uh, 
I guess, important ones you could say. So right now, as far as uh, the Saints versus the Detroit's offense goes, the only main thing Detroit has going for them is that they're consistently putting up points. They're 10th right now in the league, averaging 24.6 points a game. And going back to what you said, Charlie, I think, you know, it's almost like it's embedded in Stafford's DNA. He always finds a way. You know, he's always one of those quarterbacks to always find a way to get down the field. You know, it seems like, oh, it's a third and long. It's a third and this. You know, there's Stafford again. They're throwing for another first down, throwing for another 40-yard bond. But other than that, their offense hasn't been that productive. They're, they're 23rd or worse in yards per game, passing yards per game, and rushing yards per game. While we are 8th and 4th in yards per game and passing yards per game. While we are 21st in rushing yards with only 94 a game. But now on the defensive side of the ball, we are doing decent in regards to rushing yards per game and overall defensive points per game, averaging just under 20, which Dayton and I have said previously uh, in past uh, episodes of this podcast. If if the Saints can manage to hold opponents, even the better ones, such as Matthew Stafford of the Detroit Lions, it's under 20, it's it becomes a very winnable game because you have Drew Brees in that explosive offense. But as, in regards to their defense, though, the Lions, uh, nothing really stands out to me. I guess their most important asset that they've been using on their defense is uh, holding opponents uh, to under 80 rushing yards per game. So that's something to look out for. But what you guys said earlier, I agree with you guys, just holding um, holding Stafford, you know, because it's funny. I don't know if you guys use fantasy, uh, you know, fantasy football like I do. But I actually have Golden Tate and uh, Amir Abdullah on my fantasy team. I'm thinking about uh, sitting them for next week, but just the main weapons to look out for. Yeah. 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 He's definitely going to get the ball. Matthew Stafford's definitely going to get the ball to uh, Marvin Jones and Golden Tate. Those are going to be his uh, options. And uh, Theo Reddick and Amir Abdullah are both going to be coming out of the backfield playing the slot. Uh, similar to kind of, if I had to compare it to anything on the Saints side, it would kind of be to how we play with uh, Kamara, except obviously they're more embedded into the offense. Um, but yeah, I agree with you, Charlie. We we can't blitz Stafford uh, as much as I guess Den- Dennis Allen liked to, uh, at least in the first two weeks against uh, Bradford and Brady, because that leaves open, n- number one, too many holes in the uh, secondary uh, for especially since we're playing a lot of zone when we blitz and even yep. man to man didn't help out that much. Um, but also if you don't get to Matthew Stafford in time, he's going to get the ball off as quick as he can. And, and the blitzes are just going to tire out the defense and, and be pointless. Um, however, Stafford did get sacked six times uh, against Carolina. Um, and it was, but it was mainly a mixture of just four man rushes. Uh, and, and there were a lot of coverage blitzes. Uh, so I think that's that's something that the Saints are going to look forward to because Lattimore, Crawley, Von Bell, Vaccaro, uh, we have the talent to cover. Uh, so if, if we can give our front seven some time, really our front four some time, to get to Matthew Stafford, uh, they're going to get there and, and we're going to have good coverages. So I'm interested to see how the team plays Lattimore against either Golden Tate or Marvin Jones because one of those guys needs to get shut down. And obviously I think Crawley is improving every game or really every snap that he plays. So he's probably going to be going up against the ladder if they decide to follow. Depends on what coverage they do. And as far as offense, we just have to play Saints offense. There's nothing special, too special at least, uh, about this line's defense. Yeah, you just have to be consistent against these guys. Granted, I I do like their secondary. I do like DJ Hayden and Darius Slay. Uh, But at the end of the day, Glover Quinn is a veteran too. 
Uh, Drew Brees has gone up against him, obviously, multiple times. So, uh, but other than that, I, I don't see anything really special about their secondary or even their linebacking core. So, as long as the team can protect Breeze and he has time in the pocket, I think we're going to be able to uh, play Saints football and run the score up, uh, which is going to yeah. be exciting. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. Do you think he's going to? Here's be- a question for you guys. So, do you think um, do you think Tron Armstead is going to be back? I was just think I was just thinking that, and <clears throat> I I would hope so, but I would hope he's. He's ready to come yes, back because yeah. yes. we don't have we don't have Streif right. Streif's on IR or he's yep, going to be IR. out yep. for a while. Um, I like what I see from Ram Ramcheck as a left tackle. Yeah. yeah, as a left tackle. Um, but I think that Pete is a better left tackle than Ramcheck is, and so I would like to see Ram kick back over to the right side, bring in yeah. I guess uh, bring. Bring Pete back down to left guard, and then yeah, add. he's a hell of a guard. Hell of a guard. He he is. It's so bizarre because any position on the left hand side of the line. I mean, naturally coming out of college, Pete was was probably the best left tackle that draft that he came out. And when we tried him at right tackle, it was like he was lost. He, right. he couldn't yeah. figure it out. It, and just moving back to the left side, but this time at guard, he's really settled in nicely. So if Ram can kick over, um, you know, Warford is a monster. I love that guy. Unger's Me great. Too. That's a Pete, ass and mass, baby. Uh, get Pete back at uh, at left guard, and if and if if Armstead's ready to come back, then man, that would that would really be great because um, I mean, defense. The Detroit Lions do have some uh, they have some pass rushers, I guess. Ziggy Ansa is uh, is not bad, and they got a couple guys. But as far as our defense is concerned, I know these numbers have changed since we were on a bye week. But coming out of last week, our defense was. Um, was fifth was tied for fifth with some other teams in the league or the well our team basically was tied fifth in the league with some other teams on turnover ratio we're at plus four that's really that's that's very positive I mean I and then um, as far as uh, sacks we were tied again these are old numbers from uh, the previous week uh, for ninth in the league at eleven so there are some so the numbers aren't lying as far as improvement in the defense and you want to see improvement against against this team because this offense uh is a lot better than the when what we just saw in in london versus miami yeah. now yeah. i don't know i don't know about the Their panthers offense still. no they won't and the, the panthers to me are just like are we that good we crushed the panthers we shut them down but then the next week they go to New England and spank yeah. the Patriots, who made yeah. us look like clowns the week before, and then they go into Detroit and beat a Matthew Stafford Lions team that's really good. So the in NFL my opinion, is so this, weird. The NFL is, it is crazy. Really weird. It's weird. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. You never, you never. Uh, the Jags go into uh, Pittsburgh and destroy them. And, and destroyed yeah. them. And so, in my opinion, this week is really going to be a. Uh, uh, it's going to tell us a lot about this Saints team, especially if Armstead can come back. And Snead comes back. I'm telling you, those first down numbers, the third down conversions, even the red zone, because Snead needs to be accounted for in the red zone. Yeah, um, that should open up cleaner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, he's a he's kind of like a like a marriage of a child between Lance Moore and Heinz Ward. Like if those two dudes fused into be like that. a receiver, it's it's Willie Snead. So I'm super excited for this game. I think this game is going to tell us a lot about the rest of the season, even though it's this early in the season. Yeah, 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 and yeah, it's gonna be int- yeah. It, I I'm just super excited for this game because, and I, I love that you called Matt Stafford a gunslinger because that's exactly what comes to my head when he I think really about Matt so. Stafford. Yeah. And it, kind of same thing 
before Jay Cutler like fell into this abyss that that he's been in. But Jay Cutler was a fantastic gunslinger in the NFL. He had a strong arm, could throw it deep downfield, especially when he had uh, you know good weapons around him, which Matthew Stafford does. And Stafford has been talented his entire life. Like he, he was the number one. Uh, quarterback prospect number one overall prospect i believe out of high school goes to georgia ends up being the number one overall pick uh which the lions fortunately got after going like 0 16 i i think that, <laughs> yeah. that was like the best thing to happen to them honestly like like obviously it was awful but they got matthew stafford out of it i think he's, he's been a great asset for them and he's going to continue to be because he stays healthy too he doesn't get injured too often uh no and if he does get strong. if he does get hurt he doesn't come off the field he's a yep. strong kid he's yeah, tough yeah, he's, I, li- I like stafford like a big man yeah, he's, yeah, he's, yeah. He's built perfectly. He, tough kid. I mean, I remember his rookie year. He broke his arm on like a goal. Like it was like a, I think it was like a quarterback sneak or something like that. Kid breaks his arm and then comes off the field and then goes right back in and yep. and for the two point conversion or something like that. His rookie year. I mean, the kid's wow. tough. He, it's not going to be an easy uh, easy win if we can pull this off. But like I said, it'll tell us a lot. What do you think about the score? Like, what are you, what are your guys' predictions for the score? Uh, usually when I do these predictions, the opposite happens. Like I thought that the, uh, I thought that the, the Dolphins game, I thought that would be like a 30 to 27 kind of game. And it was like the opposite. So this game, I do think points will be, will be on the board because this is a controlled environment. Both teams are playing in or are used to playing indoors. So probably, yeah, it'll probably be like a 30 to 27 kind of game, maybe like a 34, 34, 31, something like that. Or what about could, you, Dan? I, I, you know, honestly, I think it, it could get out of control like uh, New Orleans and the Giants did. What was that last year <laughs> when it was like fifty-one yeah. to forty-nine or whatever yeah. that final score was? Yeah. Has the possibility <laughs> of getting that out of control? I think, and the main reason too, Charlie, you hit it right on the nose, man. We're in domes. We're in a controlled environment. There's no wind resistance. There's no net. Th- these are two teams playing in the environment they're most used to, especially the Saints. The, the Saints yeah. thrive indoors, or at least. They used to. I don't know. This is a totally different team who plays different at home than what I'm used to seeing for the Saints past couple of years. But I still have some, uh, you know, um, confidence in them. But um, we're doing score prediction, right? Right? I can get my score uh, prediction. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. My... Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Oh, sorry. I didn't, I didn't know if you gave your number. Mine quickly would just be 38 to 31 Saints. That's okay. mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I wanted to fit in some of the other contributors' uh, score predictions because they have some too. But my score prediction, oh, okay. sorry. Really I've been can. rambling. My bad. I just rambled on a little bit. Uh, my score prediction, yeah, I'm going to go uh, 34 to 30. Uh, I have the Saints winning. I've picked the Saints all this, all of these weeks. Again, talking about like being a little bit of a bias fan, but I'm going with them. Uh, but all of our other contributors who decided to uh, let me know about their score prediction, they also all have the Saints. Surprise, surprise. Uh, our editor Roy Anderson, 27 to 19 Saints. Tony Twilly, he says 25, 23 Saints. Um, Dean has them winning 27 to 24, and his wife has us winning 21 to seven. So, Katie, that's very bold of you. Uh, but yeah, so uh, again, yeah, I'm 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 gonna be most excited for this game because it's gonna be exciting. At the same time, those games always make me nervous because in situations like that, in games like that, one bad possession or even two bad possessions in a row that either don't get you points uh, or or end up in a turnover of some sorts in games like that that can be the death of of the team for that game. Like like one or two mishaps here and there. Uh, really, teams are going to have to play perfectly because you're going to have to execute all your plays and get points on the board, or else you're not going to be able to win the game. Um, so and I, I think, 
Go ahead. Sorry, no, you're good. No, no, you're no good. I was gonna. I was, I was gonna say. I. I think that favors. I think that favors us because. Yeah. Uh, we haven't turned the ball over through four games. The yes. first. Of, knock on wood. Uh, yeah. Right now, let me find something. Knock on my wall real quick. But yeah, we haven't turned the ball over. Uh, in I guess that's like one of three teams since 1933 or something like that. Yeah, but, something uh, like that. As far as predictions are concerned, I could, I don't know if you guys have checked out what Vegas thinks, but Vegas has got us at four and a half point. Uh, favorites right. at home to wow. win but their their over under is 51 so mm. that could be like a that's like to me uh, i'm dreaming of a 31 to 20 victory <laughs> yeah yeah so i'll go. go with that that's my that's my official prediction saints win 31 20 breeze gets the boys going sneed is huge uh armstead comes back and we hit uh we hit stafford early and often i yeah, yeah. I, I hope so and we score uh and we scare aaron Rodgers too uh, for the week after. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad we get them fairly early in the season. I would hate right. to be going to Green Bay in like yeah. December. Yeah, that that's one of the other things when the schedule came out. We 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 saw that and we were like, well, yeah, good thing it's not in uh, late November, December. Also, <laughs> the I always thought uh, we kind of talked about this last week, Charlie. I'll get your I, I want your perspective on this because I think it's actually really important for the future of the season. Uh, before we uh, end this episode, which has been fantastic, by the way. Um, yeah, the Saints, true. the 11 of the 12 remaining opponents the Saints play are either 500 or better. Uh, when we originally saw the schedule, at least when I did and a majority of fans did, uh, we looked at the first four games and the early buy, and we say that's going to be the toughest stretch of the season for us uh, because we have the Patriots at home, the Vikings are a tough team, Dolphins, we don't know how they're how they're gonna be, but they're probably gonna be good. And it's in London after traveling to Carolina, and then we have an early bye. Um, but we made it out okay, two and two. But this, the last three quarters of the season seem to be a lot tougher than at least I was thinking. A lot of other people were thinking because you have the Jets; they have a winning record. Uh, the Rams have a winning record, which I don't think too many people uh, expected. Uh, and then you have teams like the Redskins playing a little bit better than people thought. Uh, the Packers are on top of things. The Lions, I think, are better than most people thought. So this is a lot tougher. Um, good. How, how do you see this schedule faring for the Saints overall? Do you see it being too big of a problem for them to overcome as of now because of how tough it is? Uh, what, what do you see? It's tough. I mean, like you said, the Jets have a winning record. And the Jets... The Jets, like the Rams, always play us tough. I think the Jets, the issue we usually have with the Jets, it reminds me of how we play against the Texans. Their front four usually just bullies our front four, our our our, our, uh, our linemen around. So, like, right. I remember 2013 when the Saints were good. We went 11 and five. We went to the playoffs that year. We we went on the road. We played a pretty poor Jets team, but they beat us. We couldn't we couldn't do anything on offense because their front four threw us around. And uh, they ran the ball on us. So, yeah, the Jets are tough. The Rams have the number one offense in the league. No one saw that coming. And their defense is led by Wade Phillips, who's like a guru. He's probably one of the best defensive coaches of all time. He's got his guys playing. It's a talented group. The Bills are tough. And even the Bears. The Bears beat the Steelers. I know the Steelers don't look good, but the Bears can run the ball. They got a good They got a good running back. They got, well, two good running backs. Um, what you need, what we need to do there, I guess, to point the Bears out, is we got to get that into a passing game because I, I feel good against uh, Mitchell Trubisky, um, more so. So the offense in that game has got to score points. But yeah, I mean, honestly, this schedule looks very, very tough. And you know, I look at these these schedules in two different ways. When a schedule comes out and it looks tough, I'm like, okay, well, this could be bad. Um, but then 
if it if we do find ways to win some of these games and we find ourselves 10 and 6 or whatever and we're right there in the playoff hunt then we're battle tested so for me it, you know <clears throat> it, you can look at it both ways it does look kind of scary some of these teams that i thought at the beginning of the season that weren't going to be that good actually are pretty solid um, but if we can find a way to get through them then i'll feel comfortable going forward because we beat some good teams to get there right i agree 100% yeah, I really wish we would have at least played New England a little bit better. That would have instilled some more yeah. confidence into later the in the season yeah. coming on, you know. But uh, it was a non-divisional game. Uh, I don't think tiebreaker will matter that much concerning, uh, I guess, that loss uh, later on in the season. So it's not as bad as we originally thought. Because uh, the fan base, rightfully so, just went into panic mode after that loss. And, and obviously you combine it with the, with the Vikings loss. But, yeah, it just threw us into total panic mode. So... Uh, but I, I think we're, we're getting back on track now. And if we beat Detroit, then I, I think confidence will for sure be 100% instilled again. Yeah. Uh, the uh, scary thing days. about this schedule, I'll say, though, is that the remaining – we only have two more AFC teams on our schedule, the yeah. Jets and the Bills. So these NFC games, they That's really mean a lot. Yep. They really mean a lot. So it all starts this Sunday. Got to beat yep. the Lions. Yep. yep. Uh, and, and that obviously also plays into common opponents when it comes to you guys. I've been saying this too, uh, that I think the Saints are going to have to most likely, especially how the South is going right now, most uh, talented division uh, in the NFL by far, record-wise on paper. Uh, they are going to probably most likely have to fight for a wild-card spot uh, when the playoffs come. So that means tiebreaker is going to be very important because if we finish – uh, I'm being optimistic right now, obviously. Still don't know how the season's going to turn out. But we turn out 9-7, and 10-6, and six, and we're tied with the team. Uh, we're going to have to have the better games earlier in the season due to common opponents. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be tough. Also, before we go, um, I, to- I can't believe I totally forgot about this, but we ran a poll on Who That Dish uh, podcast uh, Twitter account. It got 627 votes, which is our most popular poll ever, which was fantastic. Um, and it just asked the NFC South. We, again, we talked about this last week. I just kind of brought it up. Uh, the NFC South was 10-5, and five, making it the best division in the NFL. And I said, who do you see winning the division? Panthers, Falcons, Buccaneers, or Saints? Um, and 37% of the vote went to the Buccaneers, so ended up winning. Uh, and this, was, this happened – the poll ended like right before they lost to the Patriots too. So, I mean, so that's kind of funny now that they won, but, um, Panthers were 30%. Uh, I'm still not buying the Panthers, but they're four and one Falcons got 15%. Saints got 18%. So we're third, uh, but it's whatever. But yeah, I just want to plug that in. Thank you guys so much uh, for voting on that. And, uh, Charlie, yep. thank you so much for coming on to the show. Yeah, man. you were incredible. Dude, fantastic. Man. Wow. Yeah, I loved it. This was great. Was I could talk Saints for uh, years. Oh, yeah. Us too. <laughs> Us too, man. We'll, we'll have to have you on sometime soon exactly. again. Absolutely. Uh, that would be awesome. Uh, but, yeah, thanks for giving us insight on the uh, London game, uh, you know, being in there in the city as well as being at the game, shoot, giving us, you know, the insight as to how big the fandom is over there for the NFL over in London, which is something I, I didn't know was, was so extreme, uh, which I love. It's it's there. There's a reason why the NFL is is pushing it because they yeah. see it, uh, and you really only see it if you're over there. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So uh, if you don't mind, Charlie, if you want to stay on the line while we do our uh, outro again, thanks so much, guys. Be sure to follow Charlie. Go ahead and plug away your Twitter real quick, Charlie. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's just St. Charlie. Um, go ahead and follow me there if you want to. I, I typically like to uh, rant and go psychotic during games. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, you can go ahead and mute me during the games because I know yeah. I can get on people's nerves. Um, but I also like to go back and uh, watch the coaches' film and do a little bit of film study. I've got yeah. a couple little couple little uh, videos there from the last game, and I like to continue doing that going forward. So yeah, it's just at St. Charlie. Yeah, great account, great account. Glad I'm following yeah, it now. It was awesome. Get, get a little bit more insight. So yeah, if you don't mind, Charlie, go and stay on the line again. Thanks so much, guys. Be sure to follow him. Tyler, let's go with the uh, outro for episode 17, okay. man. So guys, uh, we just want to thank Charlie again. You know, you were awesome, Charlie, so props to you. But, so, this is just a perfect example of what's going on with Twitter and the Who That Dish podcast. If you ever want to have an opportunity to uh, do something like this with us, make sure to uh, follow us and stay connected because we are connecting to uh, fans on Twitter. We are talking to you guys. We're running epic polls to get hundreds of views and votes. So make sure to check us out there. Speaking of Twitter, you can follow the lovely Dayton Brown. You can follow him on Twitter at Dayton underscore Brown underscore. You can follow me, this guy talking right now. You can follow me at Raymond Tyler M. You can follow our official Who That Dish pod- podcast account at w uh, at the WDD podcast. So make sure you check out next week too, as we will be previewing or reviewing what goes on with the Lions game and previewing what uh, what's going to happen possibly with the Packers game. But yeah, stay tuned, guys. Awesome, guys. And yeah, be sure don't forget to go to hootadish.com. Be sure to check out all the all the yep. great articles on there. Again, follow us on Twitter. Uh, it's great stuff. Be sure to be active in voting in the polls, retweeting whenever you can. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. Also for all of the listens on the podcast, it's, it's been extremely, uh, the, the support has just been more than we could have ever imagined. Overwhelming. Uh, yeah. We're averaging like m- more listens than we could have ever thought. We, we, we really just want to do this for fun and it's turned into this gigantic thing. And we're fortunate to have that and to have people like Charlie come on the show. So again, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, be sure to tune in next week again, where we, uh, talk about what happened with the Lions game. So again, thanks guys for listening and we'll talk to you soon.